In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, open your mouth and give Him some praise. Hallelujah. 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 You may be seated in the house of the Lord. I said, has God been good to anybody? I said, has God been good to anybody? Man, we say God is good all the time. And all the time, God is. Hallelujah, he is good. In the middle of a pandemic, he's still good. In the middle of violence in this world, he's still good. In the middle of death, he's still good. In the middle of war, he's still good. Whatever it is that you're dealing with right now, I know that God, God is good. Somebody point at your neighbor and say, I know he's good. Now I want you to do this. I want you to think about something that God has done for you this year. And now I want you to point at somebody else and say, I know he's good. Hallelujah. I know that he's good. Hallelujah. 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 It's all right. I know we're live, but he's still good. I said he's still good. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm going to give you about 30 seconds if God's been good to you. Hallelujah. Why don't you just praise God in your own way? And let God
his hands together and praise God. Hallelujah. The presence of the Lord is here. Hallelujah. I said, I feel it in the atmosphere. With the presence of the Lord, he is here. We acknowledge and we worship in his presence. We thank God for his presence. We thank God for his most holy presence. Hallelujah! 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 When God's presence is here, you ought to keep those hands lifted. When God's presence is here, you ought to keep those hands lifted. Because whatever you need from God, hallelujah, somebody stands in the need of something right now. Whatever you desire, whatever you need from God, you can find it in his presence. Hallelujah. When God shows us his face, that means that's true worship because we're seeking the face and not the hand of God. But when we see God's face, hallelujah, his hand is not far behind. I said, when you seek his face, his hand is not far behind. When you seek God's presence, when you seek to be in his presence. David said, one thing have I desired of the Lord and that will I seek after. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord. And to inquire in his temple. And we thank the Lord for his most holy presence on today. Come on, put those hands together. You may be seated. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Today, we want to share with you for a few moments from the thought, the purpose of Pentecost. I want to talk to you about the purpose of Pentecost. And I really want to talk about it. I was touched by how we celebrate and we get into a celebratory mode. And sometimes in celebrating we lose purpose. We get caught up in the celebrating and we lose the focus. We lose the purpose. It's kind of like what you see during the Christmas holiday. We're so busy celebrating that we've lost the purpose. We're not truly celebrating the birth of our Savior, but rather we're more focused on the gifts and the trees and the trimmings and the and the menu for the meal and trying to make sure everybody gets presents and gifts and we're doing so much of that in the celebratory mode that we forget the true purpose of what Christmas is about and this season we celebrate in Pentecost and we have flyers and special services and and we doing we're getting all in the mode of celebrating but yet we forget the true purpose and intent of Pentecost and you know in our church, when we talk about Pentecost, you have to take us back to Acts 1 and 8. So come with me to Acts 1 and 8. We'll also be looking at Acts 2 and 4. And we'll conclude by looking at Acts 3 and 6. And that'll be 6 through 8. Again, that's Acts 1 and 8. We'll look at Acts 2, 1 through 4. And then we will conclude by looking at Acts 3. 6 through 8. And our thought for this morning is the purpose of Pentecost. Acts 1 and 8 reads from the English Standard Version. And if you will, I'm going to ask you, please stand. These scriptures are so integral and important to what we 
believe. We believe the baptism of the Holy Ghost, according to Acts 2 and 4, is given to believers who ask for it. That's fundamental to what we believe. Acts 1 and 8, the English Standard Version says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Acts 2, 1 through 4 reads like this. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together. Somebody say together. They were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now I want you to look at Acts 3, 6, 6 through 8. We talked about the advent of the Holy Spirit. I want you to see the Holy Spirit in action. Acts 3 and 6 says, but Peter said, I have no spirit, no silver and gold. But what I do have, what do you think he's talking about? What I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up. And immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk. And entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. The power. Of the Holy Spirit. You may be seated. We're going to talk about the purpose of Pentecost. And when I begin to think about Pentecost, to give you a little understanding, the day of Pentecost was so called the day of Pentecost because it fell on the 50th day after the presentation of the first sheaf to be reaped of the barley harvest. That is the 50th day from the first Sunday after Passover. Pentecostos being Greek is the word for 50th. Among Hebrew and Aramaic-speaking Jews, it was known as the Feast of Weeks. You'll find that in Exodus 34 and 22. And also as the Day of the First Fruits, you find in Numbers 28 and 26. Because on that day, the first fruits of wheat harvest were presented to God. At a later date, it was reckoned to be the anniversary of the giving of the law on Sinai. Now, the upper room where they were gathered... It's a second or third story room of a Hebrew or Greek house. Often like a tower, it was built like it would be a two-story or one-story house, but then on top of the flat roof, they would build another room. This is likely where the upper room was, built on the flat roof of a Hebrew room, Hebrew house for privacy, for comfort during the hot season, and for entertainment of guests. In some instances, it could accommodate large gatherings of people. You think of Elisha and the widow of Zarephath's son. They were likely in the upper room. Jesus and Passover in Mark 14 and 15 were likely in the upper room. And later, Peter and Dorcas in Acts 9 and 36. Now, the residue of Pentecost, what we should see as a result of Pentecost, is we should see power, and ye shall receive power. But we should also see is unity, togetherness, connectivity. Because it says they were all on one accord in one place. They were all together 
in one room. What we should also see is healing as residue of Pentecost that we see there in Acts 3 and 6. And finally, something we should see as residue of Pentecost is praise. Because when the man was healed by the power of the Holy Spirit, it says he immediately leapt to his feet, jumping and rejoicing and praising God. So my question is for today is, why, what are we missing? Because a lot of times we miss the residue of Pentecost. We miss out on the power, the connectivity, the healing, and the praise. Why are we missing these things? Well, sometimes we don't fundamentally understand where these things come from. The power is not of us. We have this, 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 we have this, we have this blessing in earthen vessels, which is not of us, but it's in us. It is what God has put in us. You should never confuse the source of your power. Don't ever think your power is about you. The power that you possess is not about you. And when we say it's not about you, that means not only your pedigree, it is not by your actions, not of works lest any man should boast. It is the power of the Holy Spirit that is working through us. So sometimes we lack out and miss the purpose of Pentecost because we confuse the source of the power because it has nothing to do with us, nothing to do with our titles, nothing to do with our names, nothing to do with how saved we think we are. It's not of us. It says the power by grace are you saved through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. And sometimes we boast because we confuse the source of the power. Also, you have to understand that the power is operating through you, not only for power, but also for favor. Has anybody felt the favor of the Holy Spirit operating in your life? I wish I had a witness this morning. The favor of the Holy Spirit operating in your life. And sometimes other people will look at it and say, oh, that person is lucky. They, they're, they're fortunate. No, it's not good fortune and it's not luck. It is the favor of the Holy Spirit operating on our behalf. But what we have to do is recognize it's not of us, but it's in us. It's something that God is working through us. So when we give God the praise, we give him the glory for the favor that we see over our lives. Thank you, Lord, for allowing me to, to, to walk in areas that I'm not qualified for. Thank you, Lord, for allowing me to, to live above means that I ever could have imagined for myself. Thank you, Lord, for not allowing the, the harm that has hurt to some other people who are right next to me and somehow you didn't allow it to touch my, my house or, or you haven't allowed it to touch me. I'm just saying thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. And I give God the glory and the praise, and I'm not praising myself or thinking more highly of myself than I ought, but I praise God for the Holy Spirit that, that has me covered. I, I, I should have died in my mess, and I wish I had a few people here with me. I should have died when I made that mistake. I should have died while I was in error, but somehow the power and the covering of the Holy Spirit kept me safe when I didn't even deserve it. It had me covered. And on the Sunday after my grandmother's birthday, what well, would have been her 94th birthday, I just thank God that she helped keep me covered. Praying for us. When we weren't even praying for ourselves like we should, 
but somehow we were we were covered. And this isn't in my notes, but let me give you this. I, I, I was doing my Bible study the other week, and they were talking about how the Hebrews, when you know the last of the plagues, was for the firstborn. That the firstborn of, of, of every child of all the cattle would die. And remember, the, 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 they told the Hebrews who were there in Goshen that they should cover the post of their door with blood. But when I, I got a little more insight on that, but I found out that when they were covering the post of the, of, the, of the door with blood, that the posts that were on the vertical post were usually made of wood, or they, they were made of clay. But that horizontal post that went over the top of the doorway was usually made of stone. And what they would do, the Egyptian people and the, Israel, the Hebrew people adopted this, the, 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 the Egyptian people would inscribe their name inside the, the horizontal post on the top of the zone, of the, of the doorway. They're, they're inscribing their family name right there on that post. And many of the Hebrews adopted that same practice. So they would put, inscribe their name in the stone above the doorway. So now I want you to give, give, give you a little more context. So when they're covering the doorpost with blood to protect those who are inside the house, not only were they protecting the house, they were putting blood over the name. They, 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 they were not just covering the house, but, but they were covering the name. <laughs> And I just can't help but think that some of us, some of those, our ancestors, some of those who, who went before us, they, they were not just covering their own house, but they were covering our name. And, and, and my, my, my mother prayed for me. My, my, my father prayed for me. My, my grandmother prayed for me. And what they were doing was covering me. Now, that didn't make me saved. That, that didn't make the people in the house saved. It just kept them alive. And if I stay alive long enough to he that is, that is attached to all the living things, there is hope. So what, so what our ancestors were doing when they were praying, they were covering our name so that we live long enough to have hope. And I, I thank you, Mama, for covering. I, I, I thank you, Daddy, for, I thank you, Grandma, for, I wish I had help here. I thank you, great granddaddy, great grandma, for covering my name, not because it made me saved, but it helped me live long enough so that I have hope. And if you live long enough, they say, if he lives long enough, he'll see Jesus for himself. I, I, can't, I can't give him Jesus. I can't give him salvation, but I can cover him. I wish I had help here so that he lives long enough that he can get it for himself. Thank God for the covering. Of the Holy Spirit, it says, but you have you have you have power. See, and, but, but the thing, the way to get don't confuse the the source of your power, but you also have to understand the purpose of your power. Somebody say that with me. Say, my power has purpose. Now you heard me that time. Now say it stronger this time. Say, my power has purpose. It says, you, are, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you to be my witnesses. I'm empowering you for a purpose. I'm not giving you power so you can sit at home and call people on the phone and tell them how powerful you are. Come on now. Come on now. 
I'm giving you power, but your power has a purpose. And, And in fact, let me give it to you this way. Why, Jesus is saying, why should I pass you power if you're not going to use it for a purpose? Why do you need power if, you, if, if you're not going to use it for a purpose? There's no sense in putting a brand new powerful engine inside a car that does, has no wheels. Because it has power, but it has no, no purpose. And some of us, we're like that car. Got a powerful engine, but we have no wheels. We're not going anywhere. We're not putting our power to purpose. Faith without works is dead, being alone. We have to put God's power to purpose. We have to combine that power with the purpose that God has given you. That's why it's important for you to understand that each of us, we have purpose, but God, he supplies the power for that purpose. So sometimes you, can't, you feel like I can't do it by myself. Don't worry, baby. You're not doing it by yourself. You're not alone where you are. God says, I'm powering your purpose. When, when you feel frustrated and you feel like this is the end and I can't make it, I can't do this anymore. God said, you have the purpose, but I'll give you the power for your purpose. But without purpose, there's no need for power. And power without purpose is wasted potential and wasted energy. God gives us power for a purpose. So that means I need to serve. He gave me power so I can be a witness, so I can serve somebody else. And I believe that's the key to one of the things that we're missing in the world today is that we have people who seek the power, but they don't seek the purpose. People who seek the power, but they don't want to serve. They want a title but they don't want to do anything. I want a special seat. I want a special parking space. You know, I want to be on stage. I want you to hand me the mic, but I don't want to serve. I don't want to help anybody else. I don't want to be a blessing to anybody else. But God has gifted you so that you can serve. I wish I had. You all heard the praise team. They have gifts so they can serve. God didn't gift them so they can go to the mirror and sing to themselves by themselves. Come on now. God God, God gave them a gift for a purpose so that they can serve and be a blessing to other people. Grandma had a a gift of cooking, but that wouldn't help anybody if she just cooked for herself. She shared her gift. Amen. Some of my pounds are still due to grandma. Amen. But she shared her gift. She was a blessing to other people. So what's the, what's the purpose of, of having this great gift if I'm not going to serve? If I'm not going to use it to be a blessing to somebody else? And so, so because we lack the integrity to give the power its proper attribution, we're not giving the attribution to God. Because we lack the willingness to serve, we're not willing to put our gift to the use of somebody else, then we're missing out on the power because we're not giving God the glory and because we're not sharing that gift with other people. The thing about it is when you're sharing your gift and you keep giving out and you keep pouring out, then God keeps pouring into you because you're pouring out that which you have. 
I want you to get that. If you keep in reserve everything that you have, there's no need or no room for God to pour anything else into you because you're not pouring it out. You're saving that singing gift for yourself in the mirror. Why does God need to pour anything else out to you? You're not sharing your testimony with anybody else. Why are you expecting God to pour more out to you? You're not willing to serve anybody else in the community. Why should God pour anything else out to you? The reason we lack power is because we refuse to serve. Because we refuse to pour that out to other people. That's why Jesus washed the disciples' feet. He washed their feet to let you know that I'm the Lord and Savior of the world. But I'm not too big to get down on my knees and wash the dusty. Come on now. We're not talking about your feet. Most of y'all had a bath and you've been walking on concrete and you got socks and shoes to absorb the sweat. We're talking about these nasty, dusty. They didn't have all these showers and, and, and baths and soaking tubs. They had dusty feet that they walked everywhere on. And he got down on his knees and he washed their feet because he said, no matter how powerful I am, I'm not too big to serve. No matter how powerful you are, no matter how important you think you are, no matter what title is attached to your name, you're not too big to serve. And the reason you are failing to receive the the newness of God's power and the influx of his spirit is because you're not pouring out what God already put in you. You have to pour out what God gave you because your power has a purpose. Empowered to be witnesses. You're you're empowered to serve. But look, look what power can do. There is redemption in pouring out what God gave you. God can redeem the vessel when he pours through you that which he has given you, that which you are willing to share with somebody else. Look at Peter. Now, when is before Acts, think about the last time, the last encounter we had had with Peter. The last encounter we'd had with Peter, the the true meaningful encounter that we remember is when he had denied Jesus three times. Said before the cock crows, you shall have denied me three times. That's the last encounter, the meaningful encounter that we had with Peter. But we pick Peter back up here in the scripture. We pick him back up in Acts two and two, and he's getting up and he's telling the people. He said, "We're not drunk as you suppose." He said, "But this is that which is spoken of the prophet Joel that in the last day he will pour out his spirit upon all flesh. He is redeeming himself by pouring out of the power." That God gave him. Telling somebody, somebody who right now, you're thinking you're not worthy, you're thinking you're not valuable, you think you're you're used up, that your, your time has passed, that God is not using you anymore. I'm telling you there is redemptive power in pouring out and serving other people when you share that power with somebody else. Somebody said, what's my power? Some of your power, some of y'all's power is a smile. Some of y'all just smile at people and you don't know how that lifts up people's spirits. Some of you all, some of you, it's just your conversation. Sometimes people at work are depressed until you come around and you tell them to have a wonderful day that God loves you. 
that God has you in mind, that you are important in the eyes of God. Sometimes your, your, your power is in your witnessing and is in your testimony. Some of you have overcome powerful things in your life and you are holding on to that power because you're not pouring it out. Somebody else needs to know that you can get through cancer. Somebody else needs to know that you can overcome addiction. Somebody else needs to know that your, your spouse can leave you with all the kids and you can still be, I wish I had help in here, that you can still be all right, that you don't have to lose your mind. You have that power in storage and God is waiting on you to pour out what he already put inside of you. Some of you are just great listeners and people come to you for advice. You're wondering, why do all these people dump their problems on me? Baby, that's your gift. That's your power. God is allowing that power and that strength and your ability to listen, your ability to help other people. You're pouring the power out of yourself and you're being a blessing to somebody else. That's more powerful than saying, I love Jesus on your T-shirt. Show people you love Jesus. Have an attitude like you love Jesus. I wish I had help. Have, have a smile on your face like you love Jesus. Love other people around you like you love Jesus because when you're doing it, you're pouring out your power and being a blessing to somebody else. And when you pour out your power, it has the redemptive quality of redeeming that which is broken on the inside of you. Sometimes God heals you while you're healing somebody else. Oh, I wish somebody would get that. Some, Sometimes God gives you joy while you're encouraging somebody else. Sometimes God brings the broken pieces of, of your heart together while you're reaching out to help and heal somebody else's broken heart. That is the purpose of what Pentecost is all about. It's not all about dancing and spinning in circles and spitting in bubbles. And pretending like your religion and your, your theology is better than somebody else's. It's about pouring out what God has given you. And I'm about to close, but I got to give you this because this is where God hurt me. But, 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 but I, I, I want to tell you this. We lack power because we want power without service. We want power without service. I want to have power, but I don't want to serve anybody else. I don't want to be a blessing to somebody else. It's like wanting power at your house without a bill because you don't want to associate yourself with the service. You want power, but you don't want a bill. You don't want to talk to Shelbyville Power or Murfreesboro Electric. You don't want, you don't want the service. Now, I don't want all that. Don't send me bills and I don't want to deal with all that, but I want power. And some of us, that's what we want. We want power, but we don't want to serve. We want power without service. I want you to understand this. Power requires service, and service ensures your connection. Power requires service. If you want power, you got to serve. And service is the very thing that ensures that you're connected to God. You want power at your house? By connected to the service. Shelbyville Power, Murfreesboro Electric, wherever you are, you got to have service. And that service is connected to the source. What I'm telling you, your power requires you to serve, and your serving is what connects you to God. Connects you to God. Let me give you this. 
There, there were evil spirits that could prophesy. Remember when, when, John, when, when Paul cast out the evil spirit, when he was casting out that woman who was dividing, she, what she said wasn't wrong. But it was what she was connected to. <laughs> she wasn't connected to God. What I'm telling you is that you need to have power, but when you have power, you serve. And you serving is what connects you to God. It's dangerous to have power if you're not serving. Because then we question what are you connected to? Point at your neighbor, ask him, say, what are you connected to? Now, speaking of connectivity, and I have to close here. My time is up. The people in the upper room came together and connected to the power source. It says they were all together in one place. King James Version says they were all in one accord in one place. What they were saying is not only were they situated in the same building, but their minds and their spirits were in the same place because you can be in the same building and not be together. And the problem that our world faces today, the reason we're not connected to the power right now like we should is because, first of all, we can't get in one place. We can't all get in one place. Even the church folks, the Christians, we can't get in one place. Can we get in one place? We can't get in one place because we separate by race. Sunday mornings is some of the most segregated times of the week. We separate over which version of the Bible to use. This Bible has more books than this one, so I, I can't get with them. Come on now. This, I don't like this version. I don't like how they say the scripture in this one. So we can't even get together in one place over versions of the Bible. We separate over contemporary or traditional music. I, I like CCM music or, or CCM music is the devil. I, I can't get with that. We can't get in one place because we're arguing over music. Can't get in one place over instruments. Which instruments to use? Whether to use instruments. When to use the instruments. Whether you can use the instruments while you're preaching. Not supposed to be singing your sermons. Can't use instruments while you're preparing God's word. Can't get in one place because of that. Separate over pulpits versus stage setups. They got flashing lights. I can't get with that. It's too dark in here. I can't feel the spirit. Come on now. Is that a smoke machine? I know I got to go now. We can't get in one place because we disagree over petty things. Separate over politics. Oh, Jesus. If you didn't vote for this person, you can't, you can't, you can't go to heaven. I heard a preacher tell, tell some folks, he said, if you, if you voted Democrat, I want you to get out. And he said, now listen, he said, I want you to get out in the name of Jesus. What? What? In the name of Jesus? That, that's, that's heresy now. That's, that's taking it too far. I, I can disagree with your politics, but, but watch out speaking for Jesus. Jesus is not Republican. He's not Democrat. You got to be careful 
Don't be using the name. They told me don't use the name of the Lord in vain. Be careful when you say in the name of Jesus. But we can't come together because you voted for one party and I voted for another. Then COVID came and we separated over in-person worship versus virtual worship. Y'all ain't saved because y'all were all worshiping virtually. Come on now. Everything seems to separate. Your COVID protocols are different than ours. I can't, I can't go with y'all. Come on now. We find reasons to be separated instead of coming together and we're missing the purpose of Pentecost. But then we get in the same place and we're still not together. I I didn't like the song the praise team sang. I I didn't get to sit in my favorite seat. So my spirit's not going to be right today. She, she didn't wear a mask or she put her mask on as soon as I sat down. So now she doesn't disturb my spirit. Her kids are too loud. I, I don't like what they're wearing. Pastor didn't hoop enough. Pastor hooped too much. Come on. We find reasons to separate. We can't get in the same building. And then even when we get inside the same building, we're still not together. So everybody talks about the miracle of the rushing, when they were in the, in the place, of the miracle of the rushing mighty wind, like, ooh, I need to see a miracle like that. Or, or they talk about the cloven tongues, the, the split tongues as a fire that rested upon each and every one of them. And they're like, ooh, that's a miracle. I want to see that. Baby, I want to see the miracle of us coming together no matter who you voted for. I want to see the the, the miracle of us being in one place, no matter what your ethnicity or what your race is or what your culture is. I, I want to see the miracle of coming together, even in spite of what's going on in the world. I want to see us come together over no matter what type of music is being played from the stage or from the pulpit. I want to see us come together whether the lights are on or whether the lights are off. I want to see us come together no matter what you decided to wear to church today. It doesn't matter. The miracle is us coming together. And if you have the same spirit in you that I have in me, then baby, once we in the place, we ought to we ought to wreck the place. Because I'm not in control. It doesn't matter if I'm black or white, if I'm Jew or Gentile, if I'm Protestant or Catholic, if I'm Democrat or Republican, liberal or conservative. But if the spirit of God is operating on the inside of me, then my spirit ought to connect to your spirit. And if our spirits are connecting, it says where two or three are gathered together. As touching. It didn't say touching. It said as touching. Because I don't have to physically touch you, but now the spirit on the inside of me begins to rub shoulders with the spirit on the inside of you. And, and, and when those spirits come together, we decide to give God the praise because he said, there I am in the midst. That means I'm not worried about what you're wearing. I'm not worried about whether the lights are on. I'm not worried about who you voted for. 
I'm not worried about how many children you have. I'm not worried about what the music sounds like. But when you have the Spirit of God working on the inside of you, I can get happy if the praise team is off key. I can get happy if the drummer's off beat. I can get happy if you wore pants. I can get happy if you wore shorts. I can get happy if you voted for Trump. I can get happy if you voted for Biden. I can get happy because it's not about me. It's about the spirit that's working in me. And while he's working, I'm not worried about you, but I'm worried about what God is trying to do through me. Because since he's here, whatever I bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever I loose on earth, it shall be loosed in heaven. And anything that I ask in Jesus' name, it shall be. It shall be. It shall be. It shall be done. Somebody put those hands together and give God some praise. of Pentecost is in exercising that power through service. The purpose of Pentecost is binding us together. Jesus said, by this shall men know that you are my disciples because you have love one for another. If I have the Holy Spirit in me, and you have the Holy Spirit in you, then how can I hate you? How can I, how can I hate you? If you have the Holy Spirit in you and I have the Holy Spirit in me, how can I allow us to be separated by who you voted for? If I have the Holy Spirit in me and you have the Holy Spirit in you, how can you not like me because of how I look? Or how I dress. If we both have that same spirit, it ought to bind us together in love. I can love you despite our differences. I ought to love you despite how I feel and how you feel about certain things. Our spirits are what bind us together. And I don't know about you, but when I, it doesn't matter what they look like. I was at a forum a few weeks ago, and it was an ecumenical forum, meaning we were talking about different religions and different beliefs. And I was in there with Church of God, Church of God in Christ, Catholic brothers and sisters, Lutheran, Methodist. We were all in the same place, and there was a certain just amount of love that was in that place. Nobody was mad at each other. Nobody was judging each other by what they believed or how they practiced. But it was all about Jesus. It was all about the love of the Holy Spirit. Pentecost shouldn't be a day where we separate 
religions or separate beliefs. But Pentecost began with one thing, with all these people in one place, in one accord, all together in spirit and in mind. Because the spirit of God causes you not to push people away. It causes you to embrace and love them. And I come to tell you, if that's not the spirit that's working in you, baby, that's not the Holy Spirit. There are many different spirits, but the spirit, the Holy Spirit will cause you to love and embrace your neighbor. How many believe that this morning? Watch you, I want you to do this. I just want you to look at about three or four people around you, just point at them and tell them, I love you. I love you. I love you. The spirit in me loves the spirit in you. The Jesus in me loves the Jesus in you. We might be different. We might think different. We might vote different. But our spirits are the same. And I love you with the love of the Holy Ghost. Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your word, for your message on today, for your spirit, for your day of Pentecost that comes to remind us that the key to your power is service. And the key to even obtaining your power is having a mindset that embraces those around us, embraces and brings us together in love and unity. Lord, help us to embrace that unity on this week, Lord, as we reach out physically and spiritually to those who are around us, to share the love of God, to share with them the power of the Holy Spirit through our attitude, through our facial expressions, Lord, through our words, through our listening, through our testimonies. Help us to pour out the power that you put on the inside of us so that we might be a blessing and an encouragement to somebody else. And we pray all these things in our son Jesus' name. Amen. And God bless you. For those of you who've been watching us online, we pray that God bless you and keep you until we shall see you again. I hope and pray that each of you were touched and inspired by our service today. If you wish to partner with us, you can do so by Give a Fire. Download the app on Apple Store or Google Play and search for Bright Temple. If you wish to partner with us on Cash App, just look for Bright Temple in the two line. And in the four line, tell us the purpose of your gift. If you would rather mail your gift, you can mail us at Bright Temple, Post Office Box 453, Shelbyville, Tennessee, 37162. Thanks in advance for your generosity, and we pray God's blessings on you and your gift.